to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. I look back and I was so fearful and concerned and didn't know what was happening. God was with us through every education decision, through every medical thing that happened. I just have to reflect on that and take heart and know that God will carry us through and He'll be there and He'll guide us and show us the way. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us this week. You know, we love sharing stories here on the podcast of parents who are loving and caring for their children with disabilities, parents who are rising above their circumstances and choosing to find joy in their story. So if you know of a parent who you think has a story that needs to be shared, please let us know about them. Just complete the form that's in the show notes or message us on social media to let us know about them. And I have another amazing parent of a child with disabilities here this week to share her story. Amy Parker has been married to her husband, Brad, for 24 years. They have four children and their youngest, Grant, is 16 years old and has a rare genetic condition that affects the major organs of his body. Amy is a nurse and her husband is a pastor. And I'm so excited for her to be here to share part of her story with us. Now, this will be our last episode for 2023, and we have had so many wonderful guests on this year. And so I want to encourage you to go back and listen to any of the episodes that you might have missed while you're cooking or while you're wrapping presents. You will be so encouraged by hearing some of the other stories from parents who have been on the show this year. And as we close out this year on the podcast, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our podcast family. And we have so many more inspiring stories to bring you in 2024 of special needs families who are rising above their circumstances and finding joy in their stories. My prayer is that you and your family will have a beautiful time of love and laughter as a family, and that you will make many special memories this Christmas. Now, here's my conversation with Amy Parker. Hey, Amy, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. I am excited that you are here today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, I know you from community group because you came to my community group that I lead for a while, and then you had a job change, situations change, so you haven't been coming to my group in a while. So I would love to get caught up, and I'd love for our listeners to get to know about you. So tell us just a little bit about you and your family and where you live and what you do. Um, Yes. So we live outside of Columbus, Georgia, and we've lived here for about 20 years now, Um and um, my husband's a full-time pastor, and been at our, we've been at our current church for 19 of those years, so we've been there quite a while. Um, we have four children, and um, two girls, and then two boys, and currently they're 22, 20, 17, and 16, so mm. they've kind of grown up a bit, mm. um, and I am... I've worked full time and I'm a nurse. Um, but I, for many years, I stayed at home before going into that and homeschooled for, I stayed at home for 17 years and homeschooled for 11 of those 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a different 
turn in my life um, to working full time now. So yeah. um, it's been a little bit of a change, but um, but it's been it's been neat. It's been a neat to see God's hand in all of that and His timing. And um, our youngest. Grant um, has special needs and has a rare genetic um, disease called tuberous sclerosis complex. Um, and he was diagnosed um, when he was 12 months old. Everything to that point had been pretty um, normal for him, yeah. even though he was a sleepy baby, um, mm-hmm. kind of more than our others. But then um, his then we saw some things that... Um, required us to have more testing done. And then the diagnosis uh, came when he was 13 months old. And so what were some of the things that you were seeing? You said he was just really sleepy. And what else were some of the things that were kind of signs to you that, hey, something is a little different here? Yeah, so he was sleepy. And then we would, in sometimes in the, in the night, um, he was still in our room and like a, you know, pack and play um for a, for a while, because our, our the two boys were sixteen months apart, so <laughs> so mm. um, we had him in our room for a little bit. But he would wake up in the middle of the night and um, just be we you know just he would just be awake for a little while, which was really odd. And then he would go back to sleep, and I don't know, just some little interesting things that um, mm-hmm. didn't really think a whole lot about initially. But the biggest. The biggest um, thing that alerted us was when he started having, he was in the church nursery, actually, and it was um, the day after his one-year-old birthday was a Sunday, and then one of the nursery workers came and got me out of the service and said, something something is wrong, and he was having like these flinch movements where he would blink Mm -hmm. his eyes and his arms and legs would kind of flinch a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, my th- first thought, not now at this point, I had no healthcare background at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I thought, is, is this some type of seizure? You know, wasn't sure, but then it would stop. Um, and so the next day he had a well child visit and, um, and so expressed all of this to the, to the doctor who thought initially that it was probably maybe just a tick that was associated with his sleep. Um, because, it would only happen when he was like waking up from a nap. And so mm-hmm. um, they had to do some tests, do an EEG, and then went on to do an MRI. And so when once he had the MRI done um, was when they could see the what, what the characteristics are for tuberous sclerosis, which are um, benign tumors. They're called tubers. That's why mm-hmm. the disease is named tuber sclerosis, but um, on the brain. And so, you know, uh-huh. they they could see them there. And so that's when we received the diagnosis. So that was the early part of September, um, right after his first birthday was August 16th. And then, so this was a couple weeks later by the time the diagnosis wow. actually came. And so at first, the pediatrician didn't know a lot about it and said, well, you know, um, from what I can tell, it looks like, you know, that there'll be some struggles, but didn't really fully know a lot, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so referred us to a pediatric neurologist. And we had, at that point where we live, there wasn't one. So we had to drive two hours to a neighboring mm-hmm. um, bigger city. And that was when we really received the not so great news that this mm-hmm. is um, going to be very life changing for. Yeah. For Grant and for us, and um, 
you know, I just, as I reflect on that day, even though it was, you know, at this point, 15 years ago, um, Mm -hmm. I just remember, you know, the feelings of um, what that, you know, the guy, um, the the neurologist um, gave us a little more information and was very, you know, clear and just said, you know, he may never walk or talk. Um, Mm -hmm. These are going to get worse. They're going to become more often and worse in nature, but also more frequent. And then um, they may be difficult to control because that's the type of thing that normally happens with tuberous sclerosis patients. Um, so is it a progressive, Does it is it a progressive disorder? Like, does he continue to get tumors or how does that? Not necessarily. Um, they can, but it, in the brain, there's two different types. So, so there's ones that are on the outer part. They're called cortical tubers, and the they don't really grow, but the brain kind of grows into them. And depending on where they are, um, where what areas are affected, you know, some okay. may be speech, some may not have speech affected at all. It just all kind of depends. It is a variable mm-hmm. condition, so um, there's kind of a wide range of you know how how significant the effects are. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant kind of falls in the middle, kind of the moderate. You know, it can be from, you know, nonverbal to, you know, able to to go to college and do college level, just kind of mm-hmm. dependent on the severity of what they're, yeah. um, where the tubers are. Um, they can also be in the middle of the brain, the ventricles. And if that's the case, they have to, you know, really monitor those very closely so that they don't block any kind of spinal fluid and things like that. But that's mm-hmm. kind of where the epilepsy comes in um, is because of all the activity and the different um, like tumors in the brain, you know, mm-hmm. is where the usually um, most most people that have tuberous sclerosis um, have some form of epilepsy. And really mm-hmm. they told us he could have any any type of seizure. Um, and that is proved true. He's had yeah. several different types Um the type that he had as a baby where, you know, it was kind of the flinching and then it progressed until to something a little stronger where he would bang his head into like my shoulder and stuff. Mm. Um, and they were usually associated with his sleeping when he would wake up. Yeah. Um, they're called infantile spasms and they're pretty, um, mm. pretty significant damage to the, to the brain. Um, those type are, um, but you know, I just, I remember that that day, and it was very gloomy outside. And um, when we received the more accurate, more you know, greater understanding of what this meant, um, you know, the I remember we were checking out at the doctor, and the the girl said, "Have a good day." <laughs> and I just, oh my goodness, you know, and I just thought, wow. how how am I supposed to have a mm-hmm. good day? You know, like mm-hmm. that was just it was just a lot. And um, the interesting thing was, you know, we had a good little drive back home, but it was a Wednesday. So we went to church that night and, um, you know, the, the people at our church were very kind and loving and really just gathered around us and prayed. And so that was a, that was a special, special time that is very memorable. Well, now how do these, say, say the word again. Did you say tuberous? Tuberous. Mm -hmm. How do they impact Grant today? Patients can have them on different organs of the body. So it, okay. it's not just brain. It's um, like retinas, lungs, heart, 
kidneys, and then there's four different types of skin issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think even liver um, can be affected. Um, so with Grant, he has them on his brain and kidneys, and he has all the skin manifestations. He has them on his retinas um, as well. And so they don't really affect his vision. So thankfully, he doesn't have any vision issues. But his greatest effects are the brain. Um, And then he does have some kidney involvement. But typically, those, as they continue to grow, kind of affect them later in life. So the kidneys may become um, will probably become more of an issue as he mm. gets older. Um, yeah. But um, but right now, um, he is delayed, and he still has epilepsy. Um, his seizures are controlled right now. He's on three different seizure medications, um, so we're thankful for that. Um, but he is 16, but probably a developmental level of about 8, somewhere okay. between 7 and 9. Mm-hmm. Um, so... His, he has some, he doesn't have the diagnosis of autism, but he does have some characteristics and, and mm-hmm. behaviors, you know, that fall in line with, with autism. Yeah. Um, he physically, he's able, he's weak just from, you know, the core um, kind of weakens with when you have seizures. Um, mm-hmm. But but overall, physically, he's able to um, run and play. He plays adaptive sports and things like that. So um, from a physical perspective, it hasn't really affected him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more, you know, developmental, social, yeah. um, you know, academic, those mm-hmm. those ways. So do you have to do lots of testing throughout the year? Meaning, do you have to go do lots of scans? Are you in and out of the hospital? How does that impact him physically? Um, with with just making sure everything's stable or changes or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, well, definitely when he was first diagnosed, we had a lot of different doctors because um, they were monitoring just did all the different organs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have to have um, an EEG at least once a year. There have been years when we've had two a year. Um, mm-hmm. He's had over like inpatient EEGs before. He's had the eight hour, the two hour, you know, all different types. Right. Um, yeah. So, but um, but right now, usually it's just one a year, and then one MRI a year where they measure mm-hmm. those tubers for the yeah. kidneys and the brain, just to monitor mm-hmm. the growth. Um, so that's that's so we don't feel like we're yeah. at as many appointments as we used mm-hmm. to be when he was younger, but mm-hmm. but he does still have you know several doctors, you yeah. know eye doctor, skin doctor, you know mm-hmm. all of this. You have lots of different places, yeah. lots of different appointments <laughs> and things you have to do. Yeah. And you know I know this journey you know has so many challenges along the way. Um, there's lots of joys, mm-hmm. but there's lots of challenges mm-hmm. as well. And so, what would you say has been the most challenging and difficult for you? And then how has God come alongside and helped you through those challenges? I think just um, having people that don't necessarily understand the journey. Mm, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd, I kind of heard when he was younger that sometimes um, the, you know, kids that fall into the kind of that higher functioning segment mm-hmm. are it's a little more challenging because people don't realize their limitations as quickly right. and maybe expect more either you know socially or academically or whatever and um, we're definitely seeing that as he gets older mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. um, difficult at times um, 
and you know, himself not understanding his own limitations mm-hmm. and wanting to do what all the other kids do and right. stuff like that. Um, so the, those are probably the greatest challenges. Um, and then, you know, early on, there was a lot of fear, um, just not knowing mm-hmm. what his life would look like or what yeah. his, what he would be able to do. Because um, we heard different things from different therapists and, you know, speech therapy yeah. and OT and PT and all that. And um but, you know, God has always been, you know, right there with us and carried us through and given us glimpses of Himself and hope mm-hmm. and um, just really put people in our path that have been an encouragement. And um, I remember during those early, you know, few months, um, he he just, there was some little snippet of hope, you know, that I felt like the Lord really gave me each each day, you know, because there was a lot mm-hmm. of uncertainty early on. Um, and um, he would provide um, just a song on the radio or somebody sharing a scripture with me or texting mm-hmm. me they're praying or um, just hearing about a treatment, you know, even of like yeah. a new epilepsy treatment. There was just like these little snippets that I could just knew that the Lord was given. He He mm-hmm. saw me. He heard me. You know, He knew right where I was and gave me those um, encouragements yeah. along the way. Well, I know you said your husband is a pastor, mm-hmm. and um, my you know my husband was on staff at a church for a season, and so I know what it's like being. And I'm in full time ministry now. You know, so I get the ministry life, and I know especially when you're a pastor's wife, there are lots of expectations and lots of things you know that come along with that role. So what have been some of the challenges that have come along with that? But then also some of the positives. What what are some ways that your church family has come alongside and been there for your family? Challenge-wise, um, I guess with thinking about, you know, Grant, um, because he is now, one of the challenges now has been with his age, you know, he's 16, but mm-hmm. his level is much younger. So, you know, most right. of his playmates or friends, so to speak, are younger, you know, and so he's mm-hmm. in the youth group, but a lot of his friends are, you know, younger and not not in the youth. And so that's a little bit of a challenge trying to navigate that yeah. uh, social situations and social things. Um, and, you know, um, just, I guess, not always not knowing if people understand what's going on with Grant or they understand why mm-hmm. he got up out of the service and, <laughs> you know, right. went to the bathroom three right. times, you know, and things right. like that. Like, you just kind of always wonder, like, does it, people may not know what, you know, what his mm-hmm. um, capabilities are or not. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, we've, we've been, like I said, at our church 19 years and very blessed and very thankful for the way they've ministered to our family and loved on our family and and really um, included Grant and, you know, encouraged us through some, some really difficult seasons, mm-hmm. um, you know, and been understanding of when, you know, we couldn't do something um, or we couldn't be at an event or something because of Grant yeah. or, um, you know, right after he his diagnosis because he— 
So many of his seizures were related to sleep. Um, if he became too tired, you know, it would induce a seizure often. Mm-hmm. So I stayed home on Wednesday night, which was really hard at first because I was used to always being there. And, right. you know, um, and so I would stay home with him um, on Wednesday nights just to put him to bed early and earlier mm-hmm. than he, he would have been just to help protect him from, you know, seizure activity. So, you know, there were definitely times where we had to make adjustments and things mm-hmm. like that, but they've yeah. been very loving and, and understanding good. for sure. That's good. Marriage is tough. Add parenting a child with special needs to the equation and you have many added stressors. That's why we at Rising Above felt led to put out a marriage video series called Starting Lineup. You can use this series with your small group, your Sunday school class or midweek class at church, or just you and your spouse getting away for the weekend or right there in your home. You can work through this series together. You can download it for free on the Rising Above website. So Grant is 16 now, Mm -hmm. and so... Tell us about him now. What does he enjoy doing? I know you talked about he does, you know, adaptive sports mm-hmm. and things like that. What does he like to do? And what is it that you as his mom just so cherish and love about him that maybe people don't necessarily see? He does like the sports. He he does different adaptive sports like tennis and um the Challenger Softball League and, you know, anything like that he loves. Um, he likes to draw. He likes to, um, you know, play board games and play with his little figurines. And he's got an amazing imagination that he can just create little scenarios with, with his toys. And um, But the neatest thing, I think, that is um, just one of amazing talent the Lord has given him was is music. And um, mm-hmm. even when he, um, when his seizure started, his uh, babbling, he was learning words, you know, because he was 12 months old and starting to babble. That all stopped when he didn't talk for two mm-hmm. years. And um, it took him a while to start that babbling again, just from the seizures um, affected, mm-hmm. affecting the brain like they did. Um, but even during that time when he didn't, wasn't able to say words yet, he could like hum a song that he could mm. hear on the radio just in perfect yeah. the notes and you know you could just hear it and I he would be in the car seat you know in the back of the van and I'm like how does he how can he do that oh, <laughs> you know it was just really yeah. amazing gift of music mm-hmm. even before he could say those words again um so so that's been neat to see and so through he was at a a Christian school um fifth grade through eighth grade. And the last, uh, last year, his last year there, he was able to be on the praise team and, um, mm. sing in their chorus and, and really use that, um, talent and gain confidence in that area and hold the microphone and, and sing. And we, we were just really amazed. And so, um, so that's been a neat, and he took piano mm-hmm. for a little while. Um, but that, became a little challenging. So we'll have to maybe pick that up again when he gets a little older. But yeah. but he really doesn't even realize how talented he is in that sometimes, you know. But mm-hmm. um, but that's been neat to see. God give him this just, you know, none of my other kids sing. So right. it's just a, right. kind of a unique thing. Talent that, that he, he has. has. Yeah. yeah, that's really special. So. Well, when you look to his future, I know he's 16 now, and I know, you know, all of us as parents, we look ahead and we try to 
make plans and think about what the future may look like for our kids. And so when you look to his future, what concerns do you have about his future? But then also what excites you when you look ahead to the future? Um, You know, I guess just the normal concerns we all as special needs parents have and, you know, what their future is going to look like. Um, He probably will you know, not be able to be independent, live independently. So he will be with mm-hmm. us. But, um, you know, just, I guess, health wise, not sure, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. how the kidneys may be become more of a issue health wise in the future and, and what that'll look like and always worry about seizures and if they're going to, you know, ramp up at any point. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, those concerns definitely. And, you know, Friendships, I think, are one of the biggest concerns that I always have is, you know, just is he going to have people, you know, especially as he gets out of high school, um, other friends his that he can, you know, enjoy doing things with mm-hmm. or being being a part of a group and um, feeling included um, in that way. So those, those are concerns. But um you know, just like I, I look back and I was so fearful and concerned and didn't know what was happening, even though, you know, I knew the Lord was with us when he was younger. And, you know, now 15 years have went by. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, God was with us through every education decision, through every new, you know, medical thing that happened and, you know, any regression that happened. He He was always there. And I know that um, I just have to reflect on that and take heart mm-hmm. and know that God will carry us through and He'll be there and He'll guide us and show us yeah. the way even if we, you know, hit some unexpected things. And I know sometimes that's easier said than done, but I think it's helpful to to look back and, and say, well, you know, He's He's seen us through this many years, you know, and mm-hmm. He will continue and He knows he he knows what Grant can and can't do, and he'll provide what for what we need and what he needs. Well, you uh, shared earlier that you are now a nurse, and you started that career later in night life. Did that did that come out of some of the things you had experienced with your son? Was that a desire, or had you already had some nursing background and then decided to finish? What did that? What was the journey like <laughs> for that? Because that's a big step, you know, when you're when you've got teenagers and then to go back to start a new career, especially when you have a child with special needs. So tell us that journey. Yes. So when I was growing up, I wanted to be a nurse, but as I got um, older and into my first year of college, I realized real quickly that I just don't think I can handle it from a, you know, the blood and the goriness perspective. And so changed to, changed to a different major and, um, graduated with a, a different, totally different degree in public relations um, and went on to, you know, get married, have children. Never really ever thought I would go back to school for any reason. <laughs> I was content, you know, being at home and um, with the kids, homeschooling, all of that. And it was really, the Lord really guided me to um, return to school because that was not something I was th- seeking or had, you know, I hadn't really had thoughts about, oh, I, you know, love to look back and go to school. Um, so, but through just a diff- couple of different events, like I was helping one lady like one day a week, you know, four hours at one day a week, just helping her go to the doctor and taking her um, to her appointments and 
grocery store, you know, things like that because mm-hmm. she didn't have family and um, wasn't able to drive. And it was kind of through that and just a, a couple other things that he began to stir back in me uh, a desire in, you know, um, health care. And I thought, hmm, okay. So I just kept kind of putting the next foot forward and looking into it and um, ended up that he opened the doors for me to go back to school. And I was 41 when I started um, I had to take a couple of prerequisites and then um, started that journey, got into the nursing uh, program at the school I was at and um, finished that about almost, well, three and a half years ago. <laughs> so that was, it was a definitely a different time for my family. Um, and I had teenagers and who had to pitch in more and um, but it's, it's really been neat. It, it really ne- didn't necessarily have to do with Grant, um, but it was really neat. It was kind of a full circle moment that the first position I worked as a nurse was on the uh, neuro floor. So it was on the neurological, you know, floor. So that was, that was kind of neat because I was d- dealing with patients that had um, neurological issues and epilepsy and it just, I just thought, wow, Lord, you know, this is really amazing how you've put me on this this particular uh, unit to work in where I'm somewhat familiar, you know, with what these people are dealing with. So. And I'm sure that was such a comfort to them to have somebody who really kind of got it and, you know, had a deeper understanding of what that what that journey is like. And so, you know, we uh, anytime somebody comes on the show, they fill out a form so we just have more information about you and some of the things you want to talk about and some of the things you don't want to talk about. And so on your form, though, you shared, Grant is a joy to our family, and we are grateful to be chosen to be his parents. We are thankful for all the ways the Lord has used this journey to teach us so many truths about himself. So you said in there choosing that, that you were chosen and, and you choose to see Grant as a joy. So how has choosing to see Grant and all the things that you've been through as a joy and that you were chosen to be his parents, how has that helped you on this journey with your son? I think it's just um, given us that perspective to see it in a positive way, you know, that we get to see God's hand and and see the different um, ways that He's using us and using Him and using this journey um, to encourage others or um, teach us things. Um, I think if you see it as a burden, then different negative things can creep in and um, where you miss blessings and you miss the... Mm -hmm. um, you miss the the things that God wants to to show you, and not to say that I've never seen it as a, a negative or been down or you know I mean you know there's ups and downs throughout parenting uh, special needs children, but I think just always trying to as as best as we can and on a daily basis trying to look to see the the joys of. You know, even the little things like him singing a song or, you know, just, you know, he's very loving, gives hugs, um, just his personality. And, you know, I know it could be different. And um, he, he does have a lot of anxiety sometimes, but um, but he is a loving child overall. And 
the many things he's taught our other kids too, and their their sensitivity to special needs children and the ways that he's used this journey in their lives mm-hmm. has been um, has been a blessing to see too. And it's amazing how you know our kids just bring out the best in people most of the time, you know, and you, you see it in your family and you mm-hmm. see it in, in the siblings and how it's impacted their journey as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, you also shared that you have a verse or verses that you have been speaking over Grant's life. And so Ephesians three twenty three twenty one. So can you tell us what those verses say and how have you seen these verses play out in your story? So those verses say, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, And those verses came to us when he was a baby, and um, his seizures were, were getting worse, and um, the medication he was on was not controlling him. And then all of a sudden, we were, I guess, it, three months into his diagnosis, they just stopped. And it was really, I mean, it, it, we believe it was a miracle from the Lord. They just, because um, this was those infantile spasms that were just horrific on the brain. Um, and they just stopped. And, you know, we thought, wow, Lord, did you know, it was so humbling to think the Lord you know, did this. Um, and, you know, not to say he didn't continue to have any type of other seizures later in life, you know, as he got older, but those particular ones that were just, you know, so damaging and just continuing despite medication and getting worse, they just, um, you know, they just stopped and, and, and he didn't have any more of that particular type of seizure. Um, and so, we were just amazed and humbled by that. And I guess that that is when um, this verse be, kind of became the verse for Grant is that, and has continued that, you know, God is able to do far more than what we can ask or even imagine because, you know, we were, we were praying for, um, you know, him to, I mean, we prayed for seizures to stop. Yes. But, you know, just for, um, you know, the medication and, and just, and then all of a sudden they just stop completely. So it's kind of more than you expect, I guess. Not, not that mm. we didn't, we believe God can do it, but sometimes we don't always um, yeah. expect yeah. it to be in the way that it happens sometimes. So um, anyway, but, but just thinking about his whole life, he's done more than than we can ask or imagine because, you know, we were first told he may never walk, he may never, may never talk, his seizures may not ever be able to be controlled. Um, and because that's kind of the typical, can be the typical prognosis. So, you know, that's what he's able to do now, um, you know, we know is all because of the Lord. And um, so it's more than we can we can ask or imagine is what God God's able to to do. So that's that's where that came from. And it's so sweet you have those verses to look back on mm-hmm. and stand on, you know, and just reminders of God's faithful faithfulness on your journey. You know, and you know, you're 16 years down the path now. If you think back, you know, if you could go back to that young mom who's sitting there in the doctor's office, you've just gotten this diagnosis. 
that about your son and his his needs. What would you say to that that young mom, the younger you, that things you know now that 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 in the that moment you couldn't have even known? What would you want to to say to yourself back then? Just to not look too far ahead to to take one day at a time, that it will be okay, that, um, you know, this didn't come as a surprise to the Lord, um, that to to just look at today and not to look at what are we going to do when he gets to middle school, you know, um, as all the fear of it, the different things, adulthood, you know, you're thinking about all different things. Um, and just to, just to remind um, her to, to look, look to to right now, you know, and the Lord will give you the um the encouragement, the peace, the um hope for for today. Well, you know, we close all of our podcasts, Amy, with the same question. And so let me ask you, what are ways that you rise above your circumstances and you find joy in your story? I think I just um for me, just looking at all the things that that who Grant is and who um, God's made him to be, and just the the neat things about him, and um, getting to parent him and and learn from him, and to watch him grow is really um, how I find joy in the everyday of this walk and this journey, um, and just being thankful for all the things he's he's able to accomplish and um, just really looking to the Lord to be, you know, to know that he's, he's kind of, he's got it all, he's got it all planned out and to um, just really trust, to trust him with, with Grant's future. Well, those are all such wise ways, you know, to know God's mm-hmm. sovereign and control and just that he knows the future. And that's, can bring us so much peace on this journey. And Amy, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today and introducing yourself to our listeners and sharing part of your story with us. So thank you so much. Thank you, Becky. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.